Whoa, whoa, whoa. That stuff's just for kids. Or is it? Let's the fanboy, blend the hater. One who loves joy, and one like Vader. One loves pop culture, one thinks it's torture. They both think they're right, so let's hear them fight. Reviewing movies, and what's on TV. Let's the fanboy, blend the hater. Hey, I like that. It was pretty catchy. I hated it. The timing was off and it was out of tune. Welcome to Fanboy and the Hater, a podcast hosted and produced by Mike Hall and Jim Harris, where we discuss the best and worst in movies, TV, and pop culture. Edited by Jim Harris. And music by Mike Hall. Welcome to the Fanboy and the Hater. Our last episode was... I'm the goddamn Batman. So in this episode, I thought it would be fun to do... We are the Gosh Darn Teen Titans! By which I mean that we're going to discuss two animated movies in this episode. The 2018 Teen Titans Go to the Movies and the 2019 Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans. I really like how when you did that voice, you still had to animate yourself for the podcast. (laughs) Well, since we talked about me animating myself, let's briefly talk about animation. At the end of this episode, in our conclusion, I want to talk a little bit in more detail about, is animation just for kids? I don't think it is. We have different circles of friends. We have a very nerdy circle of friends where the A word is not a bad word. If you talk about animation, people are interested in it. But I have other friends that equate animation equals kid stuff. Yeah, that's pretty common thinking. For me, a lot of my favorite stuff is animated. And off mic, we talked about it a little bit. Is there a difference between cartoon and animation? And by definition, they're basically the same. But in my mind, cartoon is a kid's version of animation. And then animation is just a wide, encompassing, anything artistic drawn, more or less, in any form. So there's, there's a lot of animated, very adult-oriented animated stuff. And even a lot of the cartoons, like the more kids stuff, has a lot of adult humor behind it as well, just to make it bearable for the <laughs> parents while the kids are watching it, I think. But I think it adds another level as well. And I think these are actually very good examples of that, of kids' versions of cartoons with a lot of adult undertones. Yeah, I agree. Animation in general, I think it's come a long way since when I was growing up. It it was very much animation was considered a children's entertainment. Nowadays, we have, for a very long time, I can't help but think of The Simpsons, which has now been on for over 25 years now. So The Simpsons is like mainstream animation. We also have some mainstream that's a bit more adult-oriented, like South Park and Family Guy. Hmm. Uh, But we also have a lot more television networks, like Cartoon Network, which is where the characters from the two movies that we're talking about actually come from. And yeah, a lot of that stuff is kid-oriented programming. But like I said, even in that stuff, there is things for adults, for the adults that are unfortunately watching it with the kids because i think a lot of times adults are not watching it with their children because they want to maybe because they're concerned about their kids what they're watching or just to make it more of a family experience 
But there definitely are a lot of jokes and a lot of children's programming that are only for kids. Sorry, kids. that are only for adults. Well, there are jokes that are also only for kids, but also jokes only for adults. Most of the time it ends up the kid is going to be watching this, so we better make it so that parents can watch it with the kids <laughs> without wanting to die. <laughs> you had just said earlier that some of your favorite stuff is animated, and I would say that that is also true for me. We are talking about superhero animation in this episode, which some people, even when you bring up superheroes, which we've talked about a lot before, we love the fact that we're living in an era where comic books and superhero movies are more mainstream. Mm. So geek and nerd culture in that respect has gone mainstream. So it's not as weird for people to well, talk about that. Yeah, not to jump too far forward, but in the second movie we're going to talk about, they actually make a reference to that. When they get into the newer version of themselves, they joke about them being the PG-13 version. Yes. Throughout both of these movies, there's a lot of meta-level references and Easter eggs. And I think that's one of the other things that I dislike it in general when people dismiss animation mm. as being childish, or even when people say the same thing about comic books and superhero movies, even the live-action movies that have become more mainstream, is that there is still a sophisticated level of writing and character development and plot development. And in some cases, I actually think some of the animated stuff actually has better storytelling and mm -hmm. better character and plot development than some of the so-called more serious adult entertainment. And <laughs> I don't, by adult entertainment, <laughs> I don't mean like that kind of adult entertainment. I mean... That's a whole other episode. That's a whole other episode, yes. Uh, I don't mean porn. I'm very excited <laughs> for that episode. <laughs> but my, my opinion is that there's a lot of stuff in so-called children's programming that is almost as good, or if not better, and the storytelling is, and stuff that's not geared specifically to children. I don't really have a lot of evidence to back this up, but I believe when you are writing and, and working on an animated version of these things, you're spending a lot more time with the characters, and most of the time, the people working on it are big fans of it. Rather than just being hired on just to write this thing, they're big fans of it that want to be involved with it, and that's why you're getting the better and more complete storylines is because they're fans that understand the characters and where the storylines should go in a better way. And when I say some of my favorite stuff is animated, a lot of it is the superhero stuff. And I think what we run into is when you're, you're trying to adapt something from a comic book into something for TV or movies, live action is restricted simply by you have to try to make people do these weird things that they do in the comic books that isn't physically really possible and there's, there's limitations to cg whereas animated you can make them actually do it and there's no limit you can have batman jump from rooftop to rooftop across the street which nobody can actually do that but it looks okay in animation it doesn't look as forced as it does in live action you don't so, have to worry about the stuntman getting hurt right yeah <laughs> Yeah, the laws of physics don't apply in the world of animation, so you can be more imaginative in that, and I think that that opens things up to, and it doesn't necessarily mean it, it turns it into Wile E. Coyote cartoonish type stuff. I mean, there still can be very well done action sequences mm -hmm. done in animation as well. But before we go too far down that rabbit hole, let's talk about more about what we're talking about here. So we're going to break this up into two different parts. We're going to talk about each movie separately. So the first one we're going to talk about is Teen Titans Go to the Movies. But before we dive into that, 
you probably, for some of our listeners, you might not know who actually are the Teen Titans. So how about we play a quick clip to introduce you to them? You guys are awfully immature for the Justice League. Do we look like the Justice League to you? I don't know. I thought you were maybe some of the lesser known members. Hey, we, we ain't no Justice League. I recognize you now. You are the Guardians of the Galaxy! That's a different superhero universe. I am the insulted. All right, all right. Then who are you? Yo, son, this guy don't know who we is. Oh, really? Then I think it's time we tell him. If you didn't like the sing-songy version, how about we give you a more... (laughs) How about we give you a more prosaic approach? So there are five Teen Titans. Who are they, Mike? I am not going to sing-song it because (laughs) that is actually one of my least favorite parts of those movies, (laughs) uh, is that part. So the leader is, is Robin, the Dick Grayson version of Robin, at least in these versions of it. Voice actor Scott Menville. Robin, in this case, basically, he's trying to step outside of Batman's shadow. He's the leader, and he's trying to prove that he can be the leader and that he can be basically the new Batman. Do you want me to get into the difference between the two versions? Like the the Teen Titan Go version versus the Teen Titans version? I guess we probably should. Yeah, we should probably talk about that now, too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because that might confuse. Let me back up a little bit. I was somewhat familiar with the Teen Titans animated show that actually is now over 16 years old. It debuted back in 2003. I didn't watch very much of it, but I was aware of it. And I knew it wasn't super serious, but I also knew that it wasn't very kiddie. When I tried to watch the newer, because Teen Titans Go is now, it started in 2013 and it's still going on the Cartoon Network. It's sixth season actually just started this month. We're recording this in October of 2019. I have tried to watch that TV show and failed because it is very kid-oriented humor. There is a lot of sing-songiness, which annoys me 
But for whatever reason, that doesn't bother me in this movie. It's the right serving size of those types of things combined with better storytelling. So it doesn't bother me. But I'm getting ahead of ourselves. So there are two different animated versions in the Cartoon Network world of the Teen Titans. Yeah. So the Teen Titans Go version of Robin is trying to be very serious and he's trying to be Batman. He's trying to prove himself that he is the best at everything and that he is the best leader. Whereas the Robin in the Teen Titans version, the older version, the original, he is more balanced. He is more like the actual Robin where he is very serious. He shoulders that responsibility, but he also takes some time to have some fun. And I think when you you compare the versions, Robin is actually the most contrasting version of the character. All the other ones are pretty similar between the two versions, but Robin is very drastically different. The Teen Titans Go version is almost a mocking of the Teen Titans version. And when we get to the second movie, that contrast between the two Robins is actually one of the core plot points and Mm -hmm. themes of that movie. Starfire is next and the voice actor there is Hayden Walsh. We're very sorry if we cannot pronounce your name correctly. Starfire is an alien. She's Tamaranian. She's a princess. Superhuman strength. She flies. She throws light bolt things from her hands and eyes. She's extremely powerful. The versions are fairly close between the two the two Starfires. But the Teen Titans version is more, she's trying to learn Earth, she's trying to learn Earth ways, she's struggling to fit in. There's much more teen angsty stuff in there of her trying to find her path and become friends with these, while Teen Titans Go version is just, hey, I'm here, let's have some fun, let's do these things. You'll see, I'm much more of a fan of the original Teen Titans version, obviously. Yeah, I mean, the Teen Titans go, I mean, it's still Teen Titans, but it's like they're the, a younger edge of the teen spectrum, and the other Teen Titans was a little bit more toward the yeah. older edge of the teen spectrum. Yeah. What I really like, too, is in the Teen Titans version, they play around a little bit with there actually being a relationship between Robin and Starfire, which did happen in the books as well. Then you got Cyborg, voice actor, Carrie Payton, I believe is how you pronounce that. So Cyborg, basically, he was, as a teenager, he was an athlete, very strong athlete. His dad was a scientist working on a lot of different projects. He was in the lab, and one of the the projects went wrong, basically killed his mom and almost killed, his name is Victor Stone. And while he was knocked out without his permission, because he was pretty basically dead, his dad rebuilt him with cybernetic parts. He woke up as Cyborg. And there's there's a lot of, why didn't you just let me die? Why, Why? didn't you ask my permission? And they play that a lot in the Teen Titans, the original Teen Titans version of him trying to, again, fit in. A lot of the Teen Titans was all of them trying to find their way to fit in and becoming a family, finding, finding their way to fit in together because they don't fit in other places. And, and people who have seen the Justice League live action movie, you've seen a version, a live action version of Cyborg recently. But that one, he comes from the mother box. He integrates with the mother box to become this. The original, he, that's not the way it normally was. He was just cybernetic. Then you've got Raven, voice actor, Tara Strong. I'm basically in love with Tara Strong. She's amazing. So many voices. She's so good at what she does. Yeah, we've been talking about doing an episode about voice acting and we're almost inclined to do an episode entirely about her yeah 
she's, because she's, she's done so much and she's so amazingly talented. So Raven is basically half demon, half human. Her father is full demon. Trigon, he's like the big bad guy. I almost Dormammu, if that makes sense to people that aren't familiar with DC, that are familiar with Marvel. Raven, super, super badass. She actually did not grow up necessarily on Earth, but came to Earth. A lot of her spells come with her saying, Azriat Metrion Synthos! Only better, because it's Tara Strong. <laughs> then you got Beast Boy, voice actor Greg Kipes? Sipes? One of those two, we think. Why do voice actors have names that are hard to pronounce? That's why they're voice actors. <laughs> <laughs> Beast Boy, basically, as a young boy, he was sick, and he was given an experimental drug of some sort that let him... I'm being very brief like that because it depends on which version of the character you go off of. All of them end up with, he was sick as a kid. He got injected with some sort of medicine that cured the sickness, but also made him green and gave him the power to turn into any animal. One interesting thing, I really like how they play off. They talk about it a lot throughout both versions, I believe, is he's vegan and anytime anybody eats meat or tries to get him to eat meat, he's like, I've been most of those animals. I don't want to eat it. <laughs> I just think that's a very interesting direction to go with him. And then he's always trying to cook food for everybody else. And they're like, we don't want tofu. We want real eggs. <laughs> well, that actually makes sense. I mean, because of his character, like you said, he, he transforms into so many of those different animals. It's a, mm. a, actually a kind of a fun way to bring that type of animal cruelty or veganism yeah. angle into children's show uh, in terms of things that probably kids or even adults probably don't Yeah, it's think an interesting enough. angle to look at it from. Yeah, because I don't think either children or adults think enough about where their food comes from. That's a whole different podcast. Not even an episode on this one. That's a whole different podcast. That's a whole different podcast. And actually, one of the podcasts that we listen to, Year of Plenty, if you're interested in a podcast that talks about where your food comes from and how to make healthy choices, that's an excellent podcast to check out. Social Shoutout! What's up, everyone? My name is Paul Wieland, and I'm the host of the Year of Plenty podcast, the show for all things real food and drink. In this world of highly processed convenient foods, we're becoming more and more disconnected from our food than ever before. Many people don't cook at home anymore, and you know they have absolutely no idea where their food is coming from. That's why I'm on a mission to connect people with real recognizable food that fuels the body, mind, and soul. A huge part of this is building appreciation for the simple natural ingredients and those processes that really bring them to our tables. On the show, you can expect to hear stories and topics on cooking, nutrition, farming, gardening, hunting, foraging, fishing, and much, much more. Go listen and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and pretty much any other platform out there. It's also on my website, www.theyearofplenty.com. Much love and thanks for listening. And for those people who might be listening that know a lot about Teen Titans, yes, we're really scratching the surface here. There's obviously a lot more to talk about in terms of those characters. But before we jumped into talking about the movies, we wanted to at least give a little bit of a high-level overview of the five primary characters. We will be talking about them a little bit more. It's difficult to go too in-depth because there's so many different versions that yes. it's hard to say exactly. And as we go through, a lot of those versions come through. We'll get there. Yes. 
So Teen Titans go to the movies. So that's the first of the two movies, and this is the one that came out in 2018. And not only did it come out first, it also was the one that I saw first. I really, like I had said earlier, I could not get into watching the actual show on the Cartoon Network, Teen Titans Go, because it's, to me, it's annoying. It's very kid-oriented humor, and there's a lot of songs that I find annoying, both of those elements. But I do not know why. Neither of those elements bother me in this movie. I love Teen Titans Go to the Movies. I think it's an awesome movie. (laughs) All right. I was a big fan of Teen Titans Okay, when for a long time. And then around the time Teen Titans Go came out, I had a girlfriend that had kids, and they were starting to like superheroes. So I was showing them Teen Titans when I could, and then Teen Titans Go came out, and they're like, oh, you mean this? And they loved it. Mm -hmm. So I was forced to watch it quite a bit, and it annoyed the crap out of me, too. So I kept trying to steer them towards Teen Titans, but there was just enough serious undertones to it that they didn't attach to it as well. They liked the silliness of Teen Titans Go, and it is, I mean, it's made for kids. It did its job. They loved it. So there's definitely the audience for it, but again, it's the sing-songy parts of it and just the overly goofiness of it and waffles, 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 waffles. Do you understand the waffles thing? Only mildly. I okay. know that there's. I know it has something to do with Cyborg. I think there there was an episode where Cyborg and Beast Boy have a competition that on who could only say waffles the longest. So the first person to say a word that wasn't waffles loses. <laughs> And that ends up actually beating whoever the bad guy was, is all of the Teen Titans joined in that game and just started saying waffles, and it annoyed them to the bad guy to the point that he just gave up. (laughs) But since then, because that was actually a very highly rated episode, now they bring up waffles all the time. And that might be why both of these movies made light references to waffles, and that was probably one of those in-jokes that I didn't get because I wasn't as familiar with the source material. Yeah. We're trying our best to keep the two movies separate, but it's, it's hard because the second movie that we're talking about is much more of a direct compare and contrast between the two because that's what the whole premise of the second movie is. But in part of that, one of the scenes in that, they even joke about how the ratings for Teen Titans Go were much better than the rating for Teen Titans. So they basically took all of the semi-serious undertones from Team Titans out and just went full on, let's go all in on the goofiness, on the kid humor, and the sing-songiness. And obviously it worked. And the butt jokes. And the butt jokes. So the premise of Teen Titans Go to the Movies is it's essentially a movie that is making fun of superhero movies and to a certain extent, superheroes. Oh, by the way, if, if we haven't already mentioned this, these are DC movies. This is the DC universe that we're talking about. But not only do they make fun of DC, they also, they make fun of themselves because it's DC, but they also take a few pot shots at Marvel in a lighthearted way, which is pretty funny. But again, mostly it's the DC heroes and the premise of the movie is making fun of superhero movies in general. So there's a lot of jokes about that and individual superheroes. In fact, early on in the movie, there's a scene where the Teen Titans are battling against a, a giant balloon man. And they're, they get distracted by their own kid antics, and the Justice League actually shows up and takes care of the bad guy. And then the Justice League basically makes fun of them for being so childish, for not being real heroes, and that that's why the Justice League are on their way to go see the premiere of a Batman movie called Batman Again? 
So they're on the way to go see that and they make fun of, they basically kind of talk down to the Teen Titans for being too childish and, and not being real heroes. And that, that's why there are no superhero movies about the Teen Titans in joke because you're watching a superhero movie about the Teen Titans. <laughs> so here's a quick clip of what I'm talking about of the put down from some of the Justice League talking down to our Teen Titans. We gotta get to Batman's movie premiere. <sighs> it's always been my dream to have my own movie. Well, it is important to have dreams, I guess. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, they only make movies about real heroes. I am a real hero. I even have my own superhero team. You guys are goofsters. You know, with the farts. Always cracking your jokes. You mean people think we're jokes? Why do you think there's never been a movie made about you? Well, has there been a movie about you? So many, and more to come. It took a while, but yeah, I have my own now. There was a Green Iron movie, but we don't, we don't talk about that. Problem is, you guys are never actually doing anything heroic. Man, please, that ain't true! What about that time we discovered that sweet diner? And they had that food? Oh, yes. It was most delicious. That wasn't even a crime, and you didn't save anything. This guy thinks we didn't save anything. We saved room for design! Titans, if you keep playing the fool, you'll never be seen as real heroes. Only as jokes. Which then feeds into the second real core theme is... It's really Robin. The other Teen Titans don't seem to be all that terribly interested in being in a superhero movie. They're okay if they're supporting characters, but it's really Robin's big desire to be in a superhero movie and his own superhero movie. He wants to be the star of his own superhero movie. And there's even a part in the movie where they kind of make fun of him. They're making movies about the Batmobile. They're making movies about Alfred. They're making movies about the utility belt. <laughs> so Robin's like, is it my turn yet? And he really wants to be the star of his own movie. And in fact, actually, the official trailer for Teen Titans Go to the Movies actually is largely about this. So here's another quick clip that is actually the official trailer that is mostly about Robin complaining about how he wants his own superhero movie. Do you know what makes a real hero? It's not the costumes, the gadgets, the cool powers. It's having your own movie. And that has always been my dream. Uh, what are you doing? Just giving the people what they want. Our movie's not about Wonder Woman, it's about us. The Teen Titans. No one wants to see us, fool. Wonder Woman inspires people. And we do not. Uh, yes, Wonder Woman is great, but... How about Wonder Woman? Wonder, Wonder Woman! Wonder Woman! Uh, narrator guy, just do your thing. The creators of Teen Titans Go. Yeah, the balloon man. It's about courage. Titans Go! It's about action. It's the superhero movie to end all superhero movies. Teen Titans Go to the movies. Because if Aquaman can get a movie, anyone can. So what I think is interesting about that is it plays into the whole thing. It leans into that version of Robin trying so hard to be taken seriously and that everything that he wants and everything that he does is to prove that he is the serious leader that is the best at everything. And he doesn't feel like in this movie, he doesn't feel like he's 
going to be taken that seriously until there's a movie made of him. And so that's kind of the premise of this is how do I get a movie made about me? I read into a lot of these things and maybe add meta layers that may or may not exist. For me, I was also seeing that as, again, going back to animations not taken very seriously, more cartoonish, kid-oriented animations not taken very seriously. So Robin wanting to make a movie about himself and a little bit about the Teen Titans is a little bit about, we should take this partial genre of superheroes. They are superheroes. And we do make movies about superheroes now, animated and live action. So it's like, we do deserve to take these stories seriously as well. I also took it as kind of poking fun at everybody saying, why do we keep making superhero movies on the same characters? There's so many other characters. Why are we still making them on the same ones over and over again? Which is why I thought it was hilarious that the name of the movie premiere was Batman Again. I'm, I'm adding the inflection. Obviously, that's not the inflection. <laughs> that's a, Batman Again! <laughs> but even that thing where in that same scene they're talking about, I mean, pretty much like all of the DC superheroes are in the auditorium and they're saying, you know, everyone's going to get a movie except for the Teen Titans. I really want to see Utility Belt. That could be interesting. <laughs> the Alfred movie. You'd like to keep a tidy house. You might actually like the Alfred movie that they talked about. <laughs> I don't need lessons. <laughs> so one of the things that is said in it, in the movie, is the reason that the Titans can't have their own movie is because they don't have their own bad guy. Yes. So they're out to find their own bad guy. Slade. You know, that's kind of fun to say. Slade. Are you sure that that's not Deadpool? Slade. <laughs> in fact, one of the many jokes that are, are in the movie, and Slade was actually one of the primary bad guys in the original Teen Titans show, so it's not terribly surprising that he was the bad guy for this movie. But there's a great scene, and we'll play a, a clip of that right now, of one of my favorite jokes from the movie about how he's not Deadpool, and he's really annoyed that people keep calling him Deadpool. Deadpool? Deadpool. What? I, I'm not Deadpool. I thought Deadpool was a good guy. Why does everybody think of Deadpool? You got them guns! And the swords. Yeah, well, lots of people have guns and swords, okay? On the way here, I passed like 25 people with guns and swords. By the way, he should be saying that he's not me, okay? Because I came out, like, way before he did. Nah, I'm pretty sure you're Deadpool. Look into the camera and say something inappropriate. No, I'm not Deadpool. I am the greatest, most feared, most nefarious, most ultimate supervillain the world has ever seen! I am Slade! Slade. Wow, his name is really fun to say dramatically. Slade. 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 Silence! So quick backstory though. So Deadpool is actually a ripoff of Deathstroke. And Slade is technically Deathstroke. Deathstroke's real name is Slade Wilson, but when Teen Titans was being made, they didn't have the rights to use the name Deathstroke. Deathstroke was never mentioned. It was just Slade. Voiced by Will Arnett, by the way, in this movie, and he's one of, of, the, other, one of the other voice actors that we haven't mentioned. We mentioned the voice actors for the five primary characters. Will Arnett... Who does he voice? He voices Slade. Slade. 
Slade. Slade. That is a lot of fun. It is really fun to say. (laughs) Are we doing mind manipulation? (laughs) Sorry, that's a joke about the movie. See the movie. You'll find that funny. Kind of, sort of, maybe. One of the other, I guess, co-villains, you could say? Kind of, sort of? Without spoilers. Without spoilers. The other person that Mike loves and who Mike has already done a fanboy favorite about. True story. True story is also one of the voice talents in this movie. And that is the magnificent Kristen Bell. Who plays Jade Wilson. That's kind of of fun to say, too. That is also kind of fun to say. Jade. She plays Jade Wilson. She plays the filmmaker that makes all of the superhero movies. And we'll initially not give Robin his own superhero movie. So some other interesting voices in this as well. Nicolas Cage is Superman. And what I love about it, Nicolas Cage does voice, I don't want to call it voice acting. He does voice overwork in a lot of different things. And it's always just immediately, I'm like, hey, is that Nick Cage? <laughs> Every single time. Pat Oswald voices Adam, which is just a comedic. He just keeps getting smashed and hit and whatnot but then stan lee is in it yes and i loved the hey i'm here for my cameo well this is dc and then he just kind of steps off to the side and then at the end i don't care it's dc i just like doing cameos <laughs> and that was the actual stan lee voicing it so yeah that i found that very funny yeah stan lee was so great he is so great there's actually a, a lot of other relatively famous voices, but they have very minor roles. If you take a look at the full list of people who are in this movie, there are a lot of other people who voiced some minor roles in this movie. One thing about this movie, I also really enjoyed it. I loved all of the reference jokes. Really, I think that's the only reason I enjoyed it is because of the reference jokes. Mm-hmm. I was actually really annoyed by a lot of the goofiness and the sing-songy parts of it. I didn't think it was completely necessary, but I had to keep reminding myself that it was the kids' version. It wasn't made for me. It was made for kids. It'll be an interesting contrast. When we talk about the second movie, there was far less songs. wanting to jump to that because I would compare the two. They're two very different movies, but it, it, from, from that aspect, the sing-songiness, there is a significantly fewer songs in the second movie. There's quite a few in this movie. For whatever reason, it's one of the things that annoyed me about the TV series. I did not mind at all all of the songs that were in this movie. I found them very entertaining. There were lots of great references to other superhero movies. There were also just lots of great references, too, not to give anything away about the plot. There's a a brief time travel story in this movie where basically they kind of come up to the idea of the reason Robin gets the idea in his mind is like, well, maybe the reason that he can't get his own superhero movie made is because there are too many superheroes to which Raven's like, oh, we have to kill all the superheroes. He's like, not quite. (laughs) (laughs) Instead, he decides that they're going to travel back to the future. I mean, back to the past. So they make good back to the future jokes about traveling back in time. All back in time. And even that song, which is also a reference to the movie, is playing in their whole little timey-wimey sequences in that part of the movie. So they go back in time to alter the origin stories 
of superheroes so that they don't become superheroes. So they save Krypton from being destroyed so Superman doesn't get sent to Earth. They hilariously prevents the Wayne family from walking down the really obviously bad alleyway where people get shot and killed so that the Wayne family doesn't die and therefore Batman doesn't happen. They also prevent Wonder Woman and Aquaman from becoming... So basically they eliminate pretty much the Justice League from becoming superheroes. And then they come back to the present and it doesn't quite work because without superheroes, the world is basically overrun by the supervillains. So they then go back again to reset everything so that the superheroes exist again. My favorite sequence in the whole part of that is when they go back to reset Batman. They go back to that alleyway. Robin rips the pearls off of Martha's neck and shoves Martha and Thomas <laughs> into the alleyway. You see the gun flashes and poor Bruce going, what happened? <laughs> and they recreate Batman that way. It's like, that was awesome. There were lots of other things, but that was my favorite part of that sequence of the movie. See, and I, I didn't enjoy it nearly to the point that you did, like, I actually almost glazed over that part when it happened. Really? Why? Because I think at that point, I was barely paying attention. Like uh -huh. I said, I only liked the movie for the references mm -hmm. to the point of, it was actually funny because you had sent me the text like, hey, have you seen this? This is awesome. I was like, yes. no, I haven't seen it yet. I went to watch it because you, told, you said I should. Mm -hmm. About 20 minutes into it, I was like, oh, wait, I have seen this before and just completely forgot that I even watched it. And then coming to do this again, I'm like, I just watched it like three days ago. I barely remember anything about it. Once again, it's one of, the, one of the few probably superhero things that I like more than Mike. I loved this movie. And again, I'm not sure why. I don't know if it was just I appreciated the break from other serious stuff I was watching. Or maybe it was good if you're suffering from superhero fatigue, as a lot of people have been talking about lately because there's so many superhero movies. I think because this pokes so much fun at it, I maybe that's also what clicked for me. Don't get me wrong, I thought it was hilarious. I just didn't really get that into it, if that makes sense. That makes sense. So, again, we're trying not to... I mean, I don't know if this is even a movie you can say you could spoil, but we're trying to stay away from major plot points. So, basically, what ends up happening is there's another sort of contrived way of how the... Bad guys somewhat neutralize all of the quote-unquote real superheroes, and it's basically down to the Teen Titans have to save the day. Spoiler alert! They do. While he was explaining all that, Jim was trying to make a giant clay ball, I think. I'm not really sure what was going on there, but it was very animated. <laughs> it's unfortunate that we, we didn't get our video camera uh, set up for this episode, because yes, it's weird. We're talking about animation, and I am very animated as I am talking about it. <laughs> I'm a very animated speaker anyway, but I am very animated when we're talking about animation. Again, I, maybe it's just because I, I really love this movie. So, spoiler alert, the Teen Titans do win. They do defeat Slade. Slade. By, and again, this is another part of where that meta level of the movie. They win by being themselves. They do their thing, kind of a childish, kind of a just go at it and see the win kind of way. And it, and it does defeat the bad guy. And then the end of the movie is kind of like a nice moral of the story. The other superheroes come back and they acknowledge. So the movie begins with the Justice League making fun of the Teen Titans for not being real superheroes. 
the movie ends with the Justice League basically applauding the Teen Titans for being real heroes and for saving the day. Whoa, you guys took down Slade. And saved the world. Hey, I guess you aren't such goopsters after all. I've learned something important today. You don't need to be super to be a superhero. You just need to be yourself. It's kid-oriented, but I think it's a good moral overall for the story. It's a good feel-good type of movie. Wheel of morality. Turn, turn, turn. Teach us the lesson that we should learn. You don't get that, do you? I don't get that. <laughs> Does that come from something? Yeah, it's from Animaniacs. It's time for Animaniacs. And we're saying it to the max. So just sit back and relax. You'll laugh, you'll laugh. We're Animaniacs. Come join the Warner Brothers. And the Warner Sister Dot. Just for fun, we run around the Warner movie lot. And they lock us in the tower whenever we get caught. But we break loose and then the moose and Animaniacs reference in this movie. That's what I was about to talk about. <laughs> First time they walk out on the set, they're like, hey, there's the water tower the Animaniacs live in. <laughs> One of the other many great in-jokes in, in this movie. And that's what I liked about this movie. I mean, that's mm -hmm. if it wasn't for all the reference jokes in this movie, I would find it completely unwatchable. Okay. But there are so many reference jokes referencing other episodes from the past referencing superhero movies in general and other movies. There's just so many references, and even in the background, there's a lot of references. Like, throughout the whole time they're sp they spend on the studio lot, there's posters in the background that are references. And very easy to miss them, but if that's what you're watching for, it's great. And that also might fall back into that category again of, like, the adults watching with the kids might focus more on those type of elements and not pay as much attention to the story. And there is, like you said, there's stuff in there for adults to see the references and find funny and enjoy the movie as well. So that wraps up the first of the two movies that we're going to talk about. Teen Titans, go to the movies. And now we're going to go to the break with a quick social shout out to one of our fellow podcasts. And when we come back after the break, we're going to talk about Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans. Social shout out. Sean Geek is the podcast to listen to to get your inside track on geek culture. And host Sean Arama has the credentials. Not only is he a writer of comics, games, novels, music, and board games, he is also one of the stars of Meet the Geeks, a video game chunky, 
and forever ago lost down the rabbit hole of comic books. Shonorama is most often joined by his brother, Todd Fastfret Fingers, a tech head, guitar player, bass player, studio wizard, and fellow video game junkie. The show's charm is in its rawness, as fathers, free time and sleep are prohibitive. And as such, the show is often recorded on the road. Bad traffic, erratic drivers, and getting lost are the background action to their discussions about geek culture. Sean Geek Podcast is unrehearsed, unedited, and raw, just like real life is supposed to be. You can find the Sean Geek Podcast on all major podcast platforms. Are you looking for some great indie podcasts to listen to? Check out the Pod Nation list on podchaser.com, where you can find a list of great indie podcasts, get links to their official websites, and even listen to some of their episodes without needing to create an account or log in. So once again, for some great indie podcasts, check out the Pod Nation list on podchaser.com. Okay, now we're back for part two of our Teen Titan discussion. And we're talking about the second of the two movies. And this is Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans. And this one, <laughs> this one has a, a somewhat more complicated premise. And I don't know if this isn't because it's a little bit of a more serious movie. So bear with me. Sorry. We already earlier talked a little bit about how there are two different Teen Titans shows. The original Teen Titans back in 2003, which, which was more serious. And then the newer one that started in 2013 and is still on the Cartoon Network, which is the more kid-oriented one. So in this movie, they're pitted against each other. So the current Teen Titans, Teen Titans Go, are pitted against the original Teen Titans in a multiverse plot. We've never heard of multiverses before. But yes, there's a multiverse plot orchestrated by Raven's demonic dad. His name is Trigon. 
who wants to steal her demonic half, as Mike explained to us earlier. Raven is half demon, half human. Trigon, her full demon dad, wants to steal her demonic half in their universe, the Teen Titans Go universe, to resurrect Trigon from the original Teen Titans universe so that they can combine to conquer the entire multiverse. So in this movie, we have both versions, and the way that they kind of explain how both versions can exist is it's a different universe. So in a different universe, on a different Earth, is the original Teen Titans, and then on this universe, we have Teen Titans Go, the current Teen Titans. I swear to fucking God, I'm going to tie you down so you'll talk into the goddamn microphone. <laughs> Why? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Mike is very annoyed about how animated I'm getting in this no, particular recording. I'm fine with the animation, but I'm not fine with like, I'm in control of the soundboard. And we, we do the mic checks and everything, and he's right up to the mic where he's supposed to be, but then he gets excited, and he leans way back in his chair and talks softer. Leans in to get louder. Yes, mic checks are useless with me. I do not do them correctly, because, yes, I do not talk the way that I talk during the podcast. I do not talk that way during the mic check. And like Mike says, for some weird reason, I don't know why, I lean back when I get softer, and I yell into the microphone up close when I get louder. I should do the opposite, but I guess I'm too stupid. <laughs> well, the first part is admitting you have a problem. Exactly. What I really liked about this movie was the comparison. Because in my mind, what I always kind of saw was the original Teen Titans was good. There was a lot of goofiness to it. A lot of very child humor in an otherwise very deep storyline. And I think... What happened was the original Teen Titans missed the mark for the older people to be able to get into it because of all the goofiness, but then the serious undertones lost the kids. So Teen Titans Go was perfect for kids because it just doubled down on the goofiness. But those of us that were fans of the original Teen Titans were constantly comparing the two and we so disliked Teen Titans Go because we wanted those serious undertones. And this movie, just to me anyways, the whole point of it was comparing the two versions of Teen Titans Go and Teen Titans. For me, I, I see that as being an important part of the overall thing. And again, that's why it's called Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans, is we are comparing and contrasting the two different versions. But like you said, it is definitely, between the two movies we're talking about, this is less sing-songy. This is definitely less songs in it. It's slightly more serious, but it's not super serious. But again, it's different tone because, again, we're bringing in the other Teen Titans. Yeah, it definitely mixes the tones a little bit. I think it leans more to the goofy side, the Teen Titans go side. But I think it kind of has to. So I'm more accepting of it. I really want to point out, and we, we had talked about this at one point, the voice acting in it. Because both versions of the characters are voiced by the same person. Yes, and they sound identical, except for Raven. Tara Strong does slightly different versions for the different versions of the characters. We both picked up on it, but that's, again, why she is so amazing, because she can do that. It's, it's the same voice, but it's slightly different. I watched the movie twice prior to recording this episode. The second time around, I paid more attention to that. The other voice actors tried to do a little, but it wasn't much. It was, it's almost, and this is a terrible comparison, 
It's almost like the difference between me when I talk less animated and I'm talking maybe in a on more of a normal speaking voice versus when I get really animated and excited. That was about the only thing that the other voice actors did with the other characters other than Raven. That was a difference, but it wasn't much of it. It was still, that's just the same voice. With yeah. Raven, I, even, I remember the very first time that I, we watched it, I actually had to ask you, is that still Tara Strong? Yeah. Because I actually thought two different people were voicing the Ravens. Knew it was the same person doing the others, mm-hmm. and they may or may not have been trying to do something with different inflections. But I actually had to ask, is that still Tara Strong doing the other yeah. Raven? So they, they joke throughout the show about it being the baby Teen Titans versus the serious Teen Titans. And I think that's actually what she did with it, is she did the voice as the Teen Titans Go version was more of a little kid version, and the Teen Titans version was more of an almost adult version. And she just changed the inflection of the voice just enough to make it sound like it was a kid and it was a late teen. God, she's good. And again, that's the meta layer of, for me at least, the meta layer of this movie. Again, the baby versions versus the serious version. For me, it was that meta layer of animation geared more towards kids, animation geared to maybe older children and and adults and and maybe a wider audience. And like we said, Teen Titans Go, like you said, they doubled down the goofiness and the kid aspect, and they went all in that direction for that version of the show. The Teen Titans, the original ones, balanced it a little bit bit of both, but spend more time on the serious side of things and not on the goofy side of things. But having both in this movie was kind of like comparing and contrasting them, but also showing that it is possible to do both and still be entertaining. And like I had alluded to before, they even joked about that in terms of how the new one had better ratings than the, much better ratings (laughs) than the original show had. In essence, the way that we get them mashed together in the multiverse thing, there's a a subplot behind the scenes there with Trigon orchestrates this master of games situation where they're actually forced to fight each other. And the Teen Titans Go are fighting because they think it's a game and they want to win. The original Teen Titans, as they explain later, well, we were told that if we lost, our Earth would be destroyed. So what I thought was really interesting going through that is the writer's understanding of the characters. The serious versions of more so Robin, but also Cyborg, caught right away that, hey, this is a trick. We need to figure out how we're going to work together. Whereas the main four, other than Raven, of the baby Teen Titans were just all on, let's fight! And Starfire and Beast Boy of the Teen Titans version were also ready to fight and going all at it. But I really liked, again, the two versions of Raven. Just guys, they're like, eh. And I really like how, like, kept going back and forth between the characters going, ah, as they're charging at each other. And the, the Ravens are going, ah. <laughs> and they go together and they're like, we don't really want to fight. The yeah, others, like, come together and just, like, this initial clash of combat. And the Ravens just like, what's up? Yeah, what's up? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> and they don't want to fight. It was also nice the way that they set that up in terms of the multiverse because it was described as it was a gimmick. It was a trick. But the way that it was set up at the, the, turn, at the Teen Titans Go bought into this more so than the Teen Titans that the tournament was supposed to determine the greatest version of each hero. And there was some very brief allusions to other characters and different versions of those characters and, and different times throughout the history of those characters. So the whole point of the tournament was everyone was fighting and to trying to find out who the best versions of it was. So this was sort of, again, on a meta level, not only Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans, but what level of animation, what 
way of depicting the character is the best way to depict the character? Should it be all goofy kid stuff, or should it be more serious undertones? Not to jump forward too much, but I really like later in the movie when they bring the other universes together in an endgame fashion that you wanted <laughs> to talk about. They even bring in the newer version of the, the Teen Titans. They're like, oh, that's the super serious version. We thought you were the serious version. They're the really serious version. And then the Starfire joking about, oh, look how much hotter that Robin is. <laughs> <laughs> He's gorgeous. Yes, the PG-13 versions of them, which in that actually, in that incarnation, it actually was Nightwing, not Robin. Mm-hmm. So it's an even more older, more serious. Well, because in that version, a different Robin is leading. Ah, Nightwing is kind of in the background helping, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't really lead the team necessarily. I guess it depends on what the mission is, but yeah. We're not here to talk about that version. No. (laughs) (laughs) There were lots of great references and jokes in, in that one of the things that happened in that arena scene when they were fighting, they had a a crowd and there was actually a guy in the crowd holding up a sign and he yelled, you ruined my childhood. (laughs) <laughs> Which was a meta joke on multiple levels. I mean, people, people talking about how, again, going back for, from Teen Titans, that by making Teen Titans go goofy, he may have been referring to that. There's also been other things in pop culture with remakes and reboots of things of people complaining. The thing that popped into my head was people complaining about the all-female Ghostbusters and people were saying, you ruined my childhood, which I think is a completely stupid thing. Don't understand that at all. There's room for all versions of all things. But I thought that that was kind of funny about how another one of those meta layers. You took that way deeper than I did. Yeah, again, I, again, I think a lot of times I was going and looking at a I, I meta it, layers that weren't there. I took it solely <laughs> as people that were fans of Teen Titans that were pissed off that Teen Titans Go was made. That may have been the only thing that they were trying to say. I think you're overthinking it. I'm probably overthinking it. <laughs> I also liked in that same sequence, too, is that the Teen Titans, when they were, were fighting one point the teen titan robin was like they're not the baby versions of us they're the jerk versions of us <laughs> <laughs> so there's a there's an immediate sort of dislike between especially the two robins the other characters kind of come to a sort of a symbiosis where they appreciate one another because mm-hmm. that was one of the other things that was one of the themes of the movie teen titans go we're trying to get the teen titans to chill out it's like it's okay to not be serious all the time and the other way around, the Teen Titans were trying to encourage the Teen Titans go to, you need to grow up a little, you need to be a bit more mature, you need to take these things a bit more seriously, you actually do need to plan out what you're trying to do. So both sides of them were trying to influence of, sometimes you need to be more serious, but it's also okay to sometimes have fun. That also plays into the Robin character in Teen Titans in general throughout the series. Because he was always like pushing, hey, we need to train more. We need to be better. We need to have these plans. I think they even joke about it when they said, plan Alpha 35. And the baby Titans were like, whoa. Titans, attack pattern Alpha 42. Yeah, yeah. And and the Teen Titans go, they just think they're just yelling random words. (laughs) But that's the thing. Like that, actually, there's a whole episode about Robin trying to explain to them why they need to create these patterns and and he was very serious like i said at the towards the beginning is that he was very much i am i hold the burden of six to make sure that we succeed it's it's all on my shoulders and the rest of the team was there to help him relax while he was also there to try to make them more serious and, and to take it more seriously 
And again, they kind of over amp that up for the Teen Titans Go, where Robin is just way too serious all the time. And I think watching them butt heads about that was you've got the baby Robin who thinks he's incredibly serious but ends up acting extremely goofy, and the adult Teen Tight Robin (laughs) (laughs) who can have some fun but is taking it so seriously that he's like, you're being goofy, you're not really taking it seriously. You're not coming up with a plan. You're just saying go and you're jumping out the window. Where where are you going to go? Figure it out on the way. No, you... Yeah, and that was like Robin wanted them to execute a plan. He thought he was a planner, but it's like, yeah, we'll just come up with the plan on the way. The other Robin, the Teen Titans Robin, was like, no, that's not how it works. But like I said, they did amp that whole up when they were showing him dramatic sequences. It's like, I have to figure this out. Not only is the entire Earth dependent upon me, the entire fate of the multiverse rests on my plan. So he's like very super serious. I think part of that was also making fun of anime. Because the original Teen Titans was very close to being an anime. Because there's a trope with anime where they do that. They kind of stop and do like an inner monologue out loud in a stationary stance. Super dramatic. Plus, I think they were were also making fun of it, too. Because like the baby version, Robin was like, how is your cape and hair blowing in the wind? (laughs) Trying to pose next to him the same way and trying to figure out how to say the same thing. I think that they played into it where they were showing that the adult, like, these are the Teen Titans you could become. If you grow, I think that's kind of what they were trying to portray as well. And I thought that was an interesting. Yeah, because I mean, at, at some point they used sort of the metaphor of a video game of leveling up. So there was like different versions of the same character. And if you became better, you were leveling up like a video game and becoming either not just necessarily a more serious version, but a better version. And most of what we're talking about comes from the section of the movie after the two Trigons have kidnapped the two Ravens in order to further their plot to take over the entire multiverse. The two different Teen Titan groups, Teen Titans Go and the original Teen Titans, are kind of forced to work together to cooperate to try to build a team and be better versions of themselves and be better by working together as a team so that they can go and rescue the two ravens. We had mentioned that this movie had far fewer songs in it than the previous movie, but there actually was a good song, or at least a song that I enjoyed, in this part of the movie, and we'll play that clip for you now. Despite the differences, our teams must work together. Perhaps our point will make more sense through the singing of the songs. Tough us to work with us! We are the Teen Titans! We are the 
So the importance of teamwork, which was always a core theme in both the original Teen Titans and the new Teen Titans Go, was obviously a very important theme in this movie as well. But the other major theme that was actually almost maybe more central to the overall movie was the plot around Raven. So early on in the movie, Raven, who is half demon, half human, her demonic side basically is threatening to come out. The Go version. The Go version. Yeah, yeah. Teen Titans Go, the younger version of Raven, is basically battling, literally battling her inner demons because her inner demon is trying to come out and take control. Her dad, Trigon, wants that to happen so that he can use that to resurrect his alter ego from the other universe so that they can take over the multiverse together. And that whole idea of there's a different version of Raven, but not a version she wants to become. She's literally battling her inner demons because she does have an inner demon because she's half demon. And then fighting against that and, and that sort of juxtaposition again at a metal layer for the movie, we all have our own inner demons that we struggle with. Hers were, was literally an inner demon because she's half demon. A big thing on that too, they play on that a lot in the series, the Teen Titans series. There's a, a lot of episodes that involve her battling her inner demon and trying to regain control. And talking about how the reason she doesn't show emotion is because she can't, because if she loses focus, that inner demon can come out. And it also shows sometimes when you see it in this movie, when she gets angry, the inner demon does come out. Yeah, and she goes over the top with the violence. And yeah, it's, it's something that it's not something that they want to have her tap into. But the other thing that was also interesting, too, was the other sort of side of that almost psychologically is her dad is like, well, I can just take that demon part away from you and you can just be fully human. And actually, at that one part of the movie, when they do steal her, her demon half, she becomes this really weird, happy character, completely uncharacteristic. She becomes like the fully human half. And like the other Teen Titans, Raven has to explain to Teen Titans, he goes like, what just happened? Oh, she's happy now because she's fully human. So she's, she like turns into a completely different person and a completely different persona. So that whole aspect of she lost a darker side of herself. And again, going back to the Teen Titans episodes, there was actually an episode where Cyborg and Beast Boy go into Raven's mind and they encounter all of the different emotional versions of Raven. And when they run into the happy one, they're like, oh, this is just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but she's like that. She's very happy and giddy and jokey and stuff like that. And they're like, no, this, this, this isn't right. I don't know if you noticed, when they talk about that the Teen Titans version of Raven had destroyed her dad... Did you notice she was all white? Yeah, I was going to ask about that because I, I was assuming that that was an allusion to something that I wasn't picking yeah, up on. Yeah, so basically that episode, she figured out in order to defeat her demons, she had to bring all of her personalities together. Each personality had a different color cloak. So like the happy one was pink and the angry one was red and et cetera, et cetera. And so all of them came together and she became white to fight him. So she basically became the most complete version of herself. Correct. And by tapping into that, she was able to defeat her father. Correct. Awesome. I knew that there was something there that was being alluded to when they turned her all white, but I wasn't sure what that, that meant. So that, that's cool to know. You should watch that episode. It's a really good one. Okay. Yeah, the other way of saying that in terms of both of the theme, underlying core theme of the movie is the old adage of you are your own worst enemy. And they play up that with both Robin and Raven. Again, it's much more literal with Raven 
but also the two Robins against each other, the two different, starkly different ways that the character is being portrayed and how they basically become their own worst enemy because they keep fighting over who's supposed to be in control and who's supposed to be making the plan and who the best Robin actually is. And I like the progression of that fight, too, where at the beginning it was very much baby version was trying to prove that he was the best version and the adult version, I want to say, the serious version of Robin was just trying to move forward and, and figure it out. And then as it went on, baby version started to realize, oh, he is much better than me. I need to start trying to be like him. And the adult version or the serious version of Robin started being like, oh, maybe I should be trying to show him how to be more like me rather than trying to push him away. So the part I want to transition to now, probably the only part of the movie that we both didn't like, but I think you didn't like it a lot more than I. Not to give too much away, but they do find a way to get Trigon, gets the powers, and he becomes super duper powerful. So they need to find a way to battle him. So they need to find a way to tap into the multiverse. And the way that they do that, Santa Claus! <laughs> yep. yep. When we watched the movie together, I think this was the part of the movie that Mike was like, nope. <laughs> I think I actually said nope. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so my notes on this went, Teen Titans go... Stupid, 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 funny, stupid, stupid. (laughs) And that is pretty much exactly everything that I see in Teen Titans Go, is it's mostly just horrendously stupid with a little bit of funny here and there. In my notes, I wrote down, Santa Claus lost Mike. (laughs) I'm on the naughty list. (laughs) But I even wrote down, and they even said it during that whole sequence, is that one of the Teen Titans Go, it might have been Beast Boy, who said, oh, this is every holiday special we battle Santa Claus. So it was like an in-joke about on their show, they do a holiday special every year and they keep battling Santa Claus. So again, the reason they had to go to Santa Claus was because the whole, that's how Santa Claus is able to deliver toys. With the Warmagog. Yes, with the Warmagog. That's how he's able to deliver toys to every household on Christmas Eve by tapping into the multiverse. So they basically need to steal Santa Claus's ability to do that so that they can go into the multiverse. Stupid, 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 funny, stupid, stupid. (laughs) And it's there that they actually bring in back into what we were starting to talk about before. This is where the full multiverse kind of explodes. So what I thought was really funny, towards the beginning when they find out the multiverse exists, the Teen Titans Go versions were like, You mean there's a version of us in steampunk and a version of us that are all underwater and a version of us that are all animals? And they're like, no, 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 that doesn't happen. So then when they they get the Warlagog and they're traveling, they're being chased, but they're traveling to all the different worlds, they find they're like, oh, there's a steampunk version of us. There's an underwater version of us. Yes, I like the fact that all of the joke versions existed. So that was awesome. The other thing I thought was cool was that we got, as part of that sequence, we also got sort of a very rapid mini history lesson of different animation styles of some of the DC characters. Even the original comic book, they were comic books. That was one of my favorite parts of that sequence. They actually, because they went through different worlds where the characters were different. Like we, we already talked about the super serious, older Titans campy 70s version the campy 70s version but then they even flew through 
comic book frames of the mm-hmm. comic book. And it's like, so yeah, they, that was an awesome thing. And you got like all sorts of different ones. They even had, uh, since they were being called the baby versions, they even had act literal baby versions of the Teen Titans Go were another one too. So like almost all of the different types of versions, including the joke versions that were mentioned earlier were there. So we got that that wonderful sort of explosion of the multiverse of all the different different uh, versions of the characters. Again, going to that that overall underlying theme of what the multiverse for me was representing in the movie was it's multiple versions of every hero. There are multiple versions of every person. The best version is you being the best version of yourself. I probably would have thought that, but I was so distracted by how terrible the Santa Claus thing was. <laughs> I lost it. I would have been okay with the fact that they needed to get the Wormagog from Santa Claus. I wanted him to go away sooner, though. Santa Claus was in the movie for too long. Yes. So if they had done that shorter, then I would have been okay. When I watched the movie the second time, I just skipped over that part of the movie. Jumped ahead to after they got rid of Santa Claus and then watched the rest of the movie from there. Quentin Tarantino didn't direct this one. You could have watched it. The only part that I stopped on is, again, when, they, when Santa Claus was chasing them, when they were going through all of those different worlds, I did stop and watch that part. But the, the part where they were actually battling at the North Pole and being chased by Santa, all that stuff like that, I, yeah, I, even I skipped that the second time watching it because I was annoyed by it. So I guess we should also talk about, we, we talked about leveling up the video, video game metaphor for our heroes, the, the bad guy also levels up in a weird way in this movie too (laughs) the bad guy basically eats himself the little bad guy eats the big bad guy are we going back to porn we're going it sounds like yes like we're not drifting into that level of of animation but there are a few areas and much more on the nose with raven later there's a hard to miss adult reference but it starts out with the trigon from the teen titans go universe which is the smaller one is being mocked by the one from the Teen Titans universe for being, you know, basically the same reason that the Justice League was taunting Teen Titans in the previous movie, that he's not as serious, he's just useless. So he basically conquers the bigger <laughs> Trigon by eating him, and then he morphs into Hexagon! You know, I was so depressed by that, because I had it down as by Trigon. <laughs> and then he introduced himself as Hexagon, I'm like, well, that's funny, but mine's better. <laughs> So he ended up being this giant version of himself, and yeah, he had basically two of everything, including two butts. And they spent way too long making fun of the two butts, a la Teen Titans Go. Teen Titans Go, although it was funny, though, still, because the bad guy gets mad and basically blasts them all, and then beat the Teen Titans Go Beast Boys lying on the ground, injured, he's like, too many butt jokes. (laughs) So at least they acknowledged the fact that they went over the top. But yeah, that was one of the top parts where they went over the top with the, the kid-level humor. So then you think, okay, how can they possibly win? Again, not trying to give too much away. But the Teen Titans, Robin Go, is like, you know, you're not just fighting against us. You could beat two teams. Of Teen Titans. Of Titans. But. You can't beat all, all of them. Us. And then basically, it's the multiverse. It's the Teen Titans of Infinite Earths. And for me, again, Mike and I were joking about this before we started to record. I know that there's no way that DC, when they made this movie, could possibly have been alluding to Avengers Endgame. 
because this movie actually came out in July of 2019, only a few months after the theatrical release of Avengers Endgame, plus the fact that animation takes so long to finish that this whole story had to have been from years ago. Yeah. But for me, when that scene opened, I flashed on the Doctor Strange opening up all of the portals and Avengers Endgame bringing all of the people who had been snapped away by Thanos back for the Avengers to assemble for the giant battle against Thanos. That's what I saw because they opened up all of the portals to bring in all of the people from the other parts of the multiverse to assemble this giant. I mean, they're all the different versions of Teen Titans, but it all came into together and it looked to me like Teen Titans assemble. (laughs) You know what? If they had been mocking that, you know one of the Robins would have went, Titans? <laughs> and not said assemble. <laughs> or didn't say, or went, what just went like, Teens? <laughs> Titan. <laughs> what I caught that I actually thought was hilarious in that is the underwater versions came through. Then they're just flopping on the ground because there's no water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the, the Beast Boy version was a turtle just on its back. I can't get over <laughs> my, and, and, and from that group, one of my favorite Starfires was Starfire as a starfish. Yeah. <laughs> so that led into the way that they, so they had this massive hexagon that they couldn't possibly defeat. So again, not trying to give too by much. Trigon. The by Trigon. And this is what I was alluding to earlier. Basically, they figure out that the only way to do that is that Raven basically needs to become a super Raven, a flock of Ravens. And An unkindness. She, yes, she becomes the unkindness. But in order to do that, the Teen Titans Raven says, you have to eat me. And when that scene happened, both Mike and I looked at each other and laughed. As <laughs> like, yeah, I know, dirty minds. But it was just like, it just seemed way too on the nose the way that it was said. But then she said, you have to do it because my mouth doesn't animate that way. Yep let that sink in but it was still funny but then she went all pac-man and and then she went all pac-man and she gobbled up all of them and then she became the flock of ravens and was it was the unkindness a reference to something i don't know okay i thought it was cool it becomes this massive super raven. probably because you didn't want to call it a murder a murder of well murder of crows i guess ravens ravens and crows aren't the same thing i don't think but yeah because she said that she's like a flock of ravens a flock of crows. Mike is looking this up on the internet. What is a flock of ravens called? <laughs> I doubt it's called the unkindness. Oh my oh. god, it's called the unkindness! <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's called a congress or an unkindness, so... <laughs> we just learned something! An animated movie taught us something! That's why it was called the unkindness, because that's what... A flock of ravens is called. <laughs> wow. What about a flock of seagulls? That's a bad man from the 80s. Oh, right.
Now I'm going to have that song stuck in my head for the rest of the week. Thank you. So yeah, so she becomes the unkindness. And then in the battle to finally defeat Hexagon, again, I know this wasn't what they were doing. But again, I saw Avengers Endgame because it was Thanos who said, you know, I am inevitable. Hexagon says, I am immortal. I am forever. We don't have anyone saying, I am Iron Man. But their rebuttal just before they defeated is Starfire says, you are the outnumbered. Spoiler, they defeat him. But again, for me, it was kind of similar. as like, hey, it's the Avengers Endgame big fight scene and they defeated Thanos. I mean, Hexagon. <laughs> Bye, Trigon. <laughs> Bye, Trigon. <laughs> so in the end, they tried to show at least that when there's trouble, you know who to call. And from their tower, they can see it all. When there's evil on the attack, you can rest knowing they got your back. Teen Titans? (laughs) (laughs) That was one of the things we were joking about before off mic. We were almost expecting the other Teen Titans theme song to be in this movie. And they never, they they stuck to just Teen Titans Go stuff. We were a little bit surprised. So we think that those are the words to the original. I'm pretty sure it's pretty uh, close. Teen Titans theme song. back to a final conclusion like we had said at the top of the discussion i wanted to come back to the whole point of is animation just for kids there definitely is animation that is kid oriented and like we had said off the top that the original teen titans go tv series i really can't watch it i tried to watch it a few times on cartoon network and it just annoys me it's too kid oriented it's too goofy there's too many jokes that are purely for kids and the singing annoys me. Yep. For whatever reason, that didn't bother me at all about Teen Titans Go to the movies. Also, those elements didn't bother me at all in Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans, but also maybe because they were movies. I mean, they're animated movies, so they're relatively short. They're each just a little over an hour long. My point is, not all animation is for kids. Teen Titans Go, the actual series that's on a Cartoon Network, you can claim that that is. But for me, when I take a look at animation, I I don't see it really as that different of a medium, because regardless of how you're consuming other television shows that you might be watching or movies, there are still things that are teaching meaningful storylines. There are characters that are superheroes, even though they wear a different type of costume. They have different masks. If you like criminal procedural shows and you see police officers, or you see other procedural shows that have firefighters or doctors are the heroes. 
they're wearing costumes and masks too. Spoiler alert, those are actors. They're not really cops, doctors, and firefighters. So we take those shows more seriously, and we look at those shows where they have aspects of them where they're doing the day-to-day nuances of being a police officer or being a doctor. But there's also like these overarching messages of hope and interpersonal dynamics and conflict and stuff like that. And we look at those shows and we take them seriously. I don't understand why we can't do the same thing with animation. Well, and I think the Teen Titans is a perfect representation of that because they had a lot of very serious undertones and very serious story arcs. And again, it was very, very obvious. Each character was trying to find their way to fit in. And yes. it, they very much played up that teenage, you're, you're in the middle of changing, and you're not really sure what's going on or what you're going to become, and you just want a place to fit in. And that's really what that series was about. Whereas Teen Titans Go is just goofiness. Yes. But I think even in Teen Titans Go, the movies more so than the TV show, it's the same type of thing. Because like I was trying to say, adult stories may wear different masks, but the messages aren't really all that different. It still comes back to a life lesson by example or allegory. So in the case of the Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans, one of it was making peace with your own inner demons, the Raven character trying to be the best version of yourself. You can look at that as the Robins. You also can look at that as all of the different versions of the heroes from the different aspects of the multiverse. And even the way that the, that movie ends, when they're saying goodbye to each other before they go back to their universes, the older Robin actually says to the Teen Titans, go Robins, you're a superhero too, in your own weird way. So that whole idea is like, there's not just one way to be a hero. There's not just one way to be a person. There's not just one way to tell a story. And you can have meaningful stories that can connect with you on a human level. Sometimes those are live action shows that you see on network television that we think as grown-up shows. But there's also plenty of shows like that that exist on the Cartoon Network and, and other networks that are animated that may seem at the surface to be more geared towards children. But don't write them off as that. I think that they should be appreciated at the same level. Maybe not at the same level, but be taken seriously. Part of the themes of these two movies is the Teen Titans go wanting to be taken seriously as superheroes. I think also the medium itself wants to be taken seriously as a form of entertainment that also can say something meaningful. Thank you for listening to The Fanboy and the Hater. We really appreciate it and would love to hear your feedback. Give us a rating, leave us a comment, reach out to us on Twitter at fanboyandhater, email us at thefanboyandthehater at gmail.com. You can find all of our episodes on our website, fanboyandhater.podbean.com, that's P-O-D-B-E-A-N, where you can download the free Podbean mobile app for iOS and Android. Find us on all podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and many more. Once again, thanks for listening to The Fanboy and the Hater.